Good afternoon, beautiful people. I am by with the awesome, and I am here to welcome you to 321 No Kidding. Appreciate you being here. It is December 21st. Ooh, since it's the 21st, it's some amount of months of me being gamble free. <laughs> I don't remember. Uh, if March will be 48 minus 3, so 45 months today. Woohoo! Ah, uh, it's, you know, the the whole date thing is such a interesting topic. Some people are really compelled to focus on it and other people are completely compelled to focus not on it. I think of it as little victories. I don't think it's a, I don't think of, of it anything more than that is either goals or victories. Like now that I hit the one year of, of no drinking, I'm like, okay. What's next? I kind of feel like maybe I can go drink again. <laughs> I, I haven't sorted that out. But I told you I haven't decided about that all along. I was thinking about it yesterday. My two, I was thinking about New Year's resolutions, right? So my 2018 resolution, I think it was 18. No, it must have been my 2019 was to not use drinking as a coping mechanism. And I think for the, only, for the whole year, I only did it like once or twice. And for 2020, obviously, I didn't drink at all. So I guess, wow. So here's, is this addict to thinking that like, oh, I have it conquered? Or is it reasonable that I wasn't an alcoholic? I mean, they always say that the person has to figure that out. I guess I haven't figured it out for sure. And it's, again, it's still not important but what I noticed is it's kind of like when I give up cigarettes for a few days or a while, I feel like a little bit of deprived, like I should just have the right to be able to smoke if I want to smoke, which is really dumb because smoking's very unhealthy. So anyway, yeah, the cycle continues. I don't know. But I will tell you, if I do drink, I will tell you. I'm actually, it, it's funny, one of the things that really keeps me... um in line about it is you guys and then the alcohol free community that I'm in. Uh, I would just hate to be like, Hey, I ruined my date. And it's actually not about me ruining the date feeling like a failure. I don't actually want the cheerleading. Like people would be like, Oh, you could start over. Or I don't know that they would understand the predicament. And then I kind of feel like, am I an imposter alcoholic in that group? If I go back to drinking casually or whatever, it's really, it's really a mind-blowing thing. Maybe I should just stick to the drink champagne when I make my first million. Or maybe not drink at all. I don't know. Okay. See, I don't have all the answers, guys. <laughs> anyway, I totally got off on a little whirl there. But December 21st reading, Samuel Taylor Cooleridge. Friendship is a sheltering tree. It's difficult to imagine a sadder, lonelier life than one without friends. A friend is someone we can laugh and cry with, get mad at the world with, and share the most secret thoughts with. When trouble comes, a friend is someone we can turn to for help without fear of being turned away or judged. One of the ironies of addiction is that it tends to destroy healthy friendships while it creates unhealthy ones. 
In alcoholism, for instance, when our friends stopped calling us because of our drinking and our other friend, the bottle, always seemed to be there. Same thing with gambling, right? Recovery is the time to say goodbye to this and other unhealthy friendships and make new ones. It may be a little scary to let go because we may not know what life will be like without addiction. It's a leap of faith. The good news is that there's lots of other people who have made these changes and are now happier than ever before. Our 12-step groups our 12-step groups are gathering of friends who have a common purpose and goal and are willing to go to any means to attain that goal, sobriety. These friends are there to help us attain and maintain the same goal one day at a time. That's what real friendship is all about. Today, I am grateful for friends. Help me never to take them for granted. And when I am ready and able, may I be a friend to others. Friends are important, guys. And I've, I've been so freaking blessed on this topic. I mean, the two things that are popping in my head is I have probably eight or ten friends that I've been friends with since... I mean, Jess, it starts as young as 12 or 11, and we're still friends. Jonathan and Susie and Donna, well, Donna was more like 18. But we're going on 30 years in a lot of cases, 30 plus years. And then there's this other round that as as I got into my Price Chopper world, there's some other friends that I've had over a decade. And what's interesting, and, and the part that I'm super grateful for, because it's not Sometimes it's not necessarily hard to make friends, but it's hard to have the valuable kind of friends that this reading's talking about, the kind that you could be completely honest with and transparent with and celebrate the goods, the bads, the uglies, all those things with those kinds of friends. And I will say, when, when you have those kind of friends, you know, it's very good to hang on to them. And it's work. I will say that friendship can be work too. And I don't mean, I don't mean in a, like you have to work to keep your friends sense, but I'm saying that if you expect to have friends, you have to be a good friend too, which is hard to do if you're drinking or gambling or doing any of the things, right? Because you're more caught up in the addiction than being a good friend. But it's, it's gotta be, it's gotta be, be part of, especially if you keep friends from before and after your addiction, right? Or before, during, and after. It has to be the kind of people that essentially love you unconditionally, right? If you're going to have them and that aren't going to harm your recovery. So what do I mean by that? I can use some examples. The second thing that popped in my head was my trip, to all around. (laughs) And when I went to Kansas City, and this was interesting because what one of my friends said to me this week that was an outsider was, he said, well, I'm really surprised you didn't drink when you went to Kansas City because he knew that a big part of my life there centered around a bar. But the bar was just the, the playground, essentially. That's where we met and connected. But I'm so freaking blessed and honored to know these people, even though we hung out in a bar, even though they drink or don't drink or whatever, because it's a mix, it didn't matter to them that I didn't drink. I mean, we were able to talk about it openly. 
No one judged me for not drinking. No one judged me when they found out I was a gambling addict because for a long time they did not know the extent of it. Um, and, and for a while I was in the program, so they knew I would go to GA meetings, but I don't think they really knew the magnitude of it until I went back out. And then when I went to treatment and this same group of friends who at that point only knew me a couple of years from the bar, right? They threw me a party. They welcomed me with open arms. Um, they, one of the guys called me the day I got out of treatment because he was like, you have 30 days without alcohol now. Why don't you keep quitting? You know, he was trying to be a good influence and a good friend. So be aware, too, that of these qualities of the people. Now, if you have someone that's, you know, trying to promote you going to the casino or gambling, like my mentee was telling me that, you know, one of her friends invited her. And, and when she said no, the friend laughed like, well, come on, what's the big deal? You know, if it's that peer pressure stuff and you can't work through that in a conversation or two, um, because people don't know, they don't understand. Our friends don't necessarily understand. So, and especially with gambling, right? Like nobody thinks that's a thing. What do you mean you, you can't go to the casino? Everybody can go to the casino. They don't understand the difference between, you know, being a cucumber and a pickle and and that once we've crossed over to pickleness that we really cannot undo the damage we've done and go in and gamble normally, which is part of the whole theory of why I'm wondering about my drinking. Like, am I already a pickle or am I a cucumber? I don't know. Um, <laughs> sorry, I keep going back to that. It's It's, again, I know I went through this other phase where it was hot on my mind. Once I got past the, um, you know, the things that I was trying to cope with and was wondering, you know, can I use drinking to cope with that once I got past with it? Anyway, I totally digressed. Friends, keep them, treasure them, and be, be a good friend back. Listen when they need you. Call spontaneously. Check in on them. Be honest with them. In a kind way, of course, but if there's times that they need you to be honest, be honest. Show up. Keep commitments. And these are all, again, these are all things that are so much easier when we're not gambling. So I, I like the topic of friendship. And, and like I said, I'm very, I'm very blessed. And I, I always go back to Linda. Linda was a girl I met about, I guess it's getting close to 10 years ago now now. We met in um, at the Y in boot camp, and we clicked, and we did some um, events together, like we did the Warrior Dash, and I think we did a 5K or two. Like, we just, we were into fitness things, and, uh, and we hung out socially, too, and she was at my going away party, and when I moved to Kansas City, and... There was a time that I flew down to Charlotte to meet a friend, and she happened to be living there. And I was like, hey, I'm coming to town. And she made time to meet me. And we, we got to spend a couple hours together, but it was it didn't matter that a couple years had passed. It, it just didn't matter. Um, we were friends, and we were present in that moment. And it was awesome. And the same thing, actually, this year on a business trip, I went to Atlanta, and one of my girlfriends from high school lives in Atlanta. So I was like, hey, I'm coming to Atlanta. It didn't work out another time, but it worked out this time, and she came out to dinner. And again, it's only a couple-hour visit, 
And and we hadn't seen each other in God 20 years. I mean, the last time I remember seeing her was in Connecticut at like 4th of July fireworks. But we grow up, right? And we go places and things change. But as long as we're staying connected, and that's part of that's part of why I enjoy Facebook because I can keep a pulse on what's going on. I can um, just shoot a note. Like one of the guys from the Asia trip, I hadn't, I, I, I like go and I check people's Facebook and I was like, okay, he hasn't posted anything since August. Let me go check on him. So then I send him a note. Hey, you know, like I'm thinking of you. And another one left the WhatsApp group, which was concerning to me. So I reached out to her too. And it was like, hey, you doing okay? Like, What's going on? And um, think about that. Think about how how people can feel valued and loved when we just do those kind gestures. And it didn't take much time. I'm talking a minute to type a text, right? We all have a minute. <laughs> I was actually informed that I have more than one minute um, last week, but by someone, though the person I was venting about yesterday. I guess it's still a little tender, even though I wrote a forgiveness letter to him yesterday as part of my uh, miracle work. Anyway, um, yeah, friends, friends are important. I remember thinking on my road trip that the Girl Scout song kept going through my head, make new friends, but keep the old. Some are silver and the other are gold. I don't know that I would rate them by, by precious metal necessarily, but in my mind, it was just a way to appreciate the fact that I had old and new friends. And um, yeah, and that's, and actually the the one in, one of the people I saw in Florida, who I thought was a new friend of this year, is the one that really hurt me and backstabbed me from the business perspective. And we also have to know we're worthy enough to not tolerate that shit. And if someone treats you bad, get out. They're not going to change. As far as, I shouldn't say that. Maybe they'll change, but you'll know by their actions if they change. But don't keep yourself in that situation. It's just another excuse to gamble, drink, do something bad, treat other people bad, keep ourselves in a shitty place. So don't do that. All right, beautiful people. I am going to go start my day. I'm a meeting with James in a little. And I'm actually, I'm kind of, I'll let you know tomorrow how this pans out. But I kind of woke up this morning going, I, I had told one of my friends that I would drive down and see them for Christmas because they're alone. And, um, you know, mom is feeling very uncomfortable with our friend in the ICU and COVID and all those things. And it makes sense. And I'm not offended by that. But I'm also thinking the world kind of shuts down the week between Christmas and New Year's. So part of me is thinking, well, actually, a big part, <laughs> the part I'm going to use to research today, I think I'm going to just jump on a plane and go somewhere warm. That's that's where my brain is this morning. Um, when I was in Florida, I bought a timeshare, and I think I'm going to just see if I can go find a cheap timeshare. I have credit on my airline from all the trips that got canceled this week. And I think I'm going to just go take a week to do whatever I want. What I really want is to be in warm weather and to be able to not set an alarm and be able to go walk around in a warm climate without 8,000 freaking layers or my new heated jacket on, um, get up and do my you know meditation and my morning stuff. And then if I want to work, I can choose to work. Or if I want to work, it could be by the pool and work and just get some good vitamin D and some stress-free time. I mean, I, 
I know you're probably thinking, well, you were away for five weeks, blah, blah, blah. But it's really hard to work when you're on the road in the, in that context, especially when we were just starting off our business. So I was on the phone and the computer a lot more than I would have chose to for a traditional vacation. So that's kind of what I'm leaning towards is maybe bringing in the New Year's. I'm thinking about maybe Puerto Rico. I tried looking at some of the fun places. I really like Grand Cayman. I would love to go back there, um, but Southwest is not going there. But somewhere warm. So the weather has to be good and there has to be a cheap timeshare. But if I find those two things by the end of the day, I'll probably be on a plane Christmas Eve morning. And I think I'm okay with that. <laughs> Again, a, a benefit to uh, recovery is having options like that. It's also a benefit of being an entrepreneur and quitting our job and you know, just trying to live our best life. And it, it's funny because... Well, it's not funny. I woke, I was up most of the night because of all the snow. Remember I said there's three freaking feet of snow outside? Well, I'm laying in bed and all I kept hearing was beep, beep, beep. There's a fucking bulldozer outside my windows, like literally outside my windows, clearing the snow from like one in the morning until like five. So when I finally moved to the couch, thinking I could get away from the noise, which I was wrong. But at least there I had a TV, so I turned on the TV to drown out the the noise. I put the secret on. And the secret, if you don't know, is all about the law of attraction. And and basically, you tell the universe what you want, and the universe gives it to you, as long as you believe in it and are grateful for it. And part of the premise that I caught before I did happily doze off was the part about believing it and like doing the things that make you believe it. And, and what I mean is, so say you want a new Lamborghini to make, to tell the universe you want that uni- Lamborghini to come to you, you go to the Lamborghini dealership and you test drive the Lamborghini. Now, of course, I'm using a highfalutin car, but I don't really know that much about cars. Um, my Chevy is as highfalutin as I feel the need to be. So anyway, so I'm thinking about it and I'm like, well, travel's a big part of what, of, of the life I want to live. So it makes sense to be able to take off on 24, 48 hours notice and go somewhere tropical and do what I want to do. I mean, I can't even remember what I did for Christmas last year. I must have been miserable because it was like when I decided to stop talking to the guy. I wasn't in Denver, so I must have been here. Maybe I went to Connecticut that weekend. I don't know, but that's how unmemorable it was. And that's why I'm like, fuck it. I deserve to I deserve to go enjoy myself. Um, that was probably like the slowest, most relaxing part of my trip was when I was down in Florida at the timeshare, uh, even though I was running around to the parks a little, but I think that's what I need to do. See, you're talking, help me talk through all this fun stuff this morning. All right, beautiful people. Have a fabulous day. I will talk to you tomorrow. And if I go away, don't worry. I'll figure out something so that you have uh, daily readings. I won't abandon you. Uh, Yeah, I'll sort through that. I guess first things first, right? Isn't that a slogan? First things first. First, I got to figure out what I'm doing. Then I'll worry about how to execute it all. All right. I love you. Have a great day. Bye.